welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Howdy. What's going on, everybody? Uh, knock on podcast. I don't know what. I think it's 205 or something like that. Um, so last night, launched the first video for the School of Knock. It's on the Knock on Archer YouTube channel. Uh, it's called School of Knock, and I think it's week one slash introduction. So you'll be able to go there and see what this week's homework is. So that is kind of going to be the topic for today on this podcast. I've got a few questions that kind of popped out from my last two posts that I thought I would answer. Uh, The first of which is because of the photo I used for kind of the, the hype photo, so to speak, for the, for this school of knock series, it was a picture of, the three knock-on releases and I made the post three rings to rule them all. Um, So then immediately there's a lot of questions coming in about whether or not I'm going to teach people to use a wrist strap release and um, lots of questions about people that are brand new to this and want to get involved with this class but maybe don't know which release to buy. So um, just to give you a, a little bit of expansion on the direction that I'm going with this, obviously I understand there's a lot of people out there that use other products, so I'm not, I'm not going to be driving home for people to only use our products. However, obviously the products that I use are going to be products in my pictures, so um, that's kind of where that's going to come from. If I'm making a post, most likely, unless I have a student here, the post is going to be my equipment. So, you know, if someone says, well, do you have a problem with such and such veins or do you not, you know, can we not use this brand of arrow or, you know, whatever? No, you can use whatever you want. I'm just going to be teaching based on really what I prefer to use and, Um, obviously what I know a big majority of the followers are using. So I know during the course of, as I map out this entire program, there's going to be certain things that I'm going to do midweek as extra credit opportunities for you out there to be able to put into practice Um, something small that I'm teaching. Uh, For example, it could be I want to see a picture of a a knocking point that you tie um, and, you know, let me get a grade on it and actually encourage people to maybe film a little video of them, you know, even if it's like a time lapse or something, um, tying tying a, a knocking point for their first time. But obviously, before that happens, I'll give you a video on this is how to do it. This is what I want you to do. And then as you go through, you're going to, you're going to earn that extra credit. So yeah, there's, there'll probably be times where there's things certainly to do with 
knock-on products and that's up to you whether or not you have that product if you don't um you know i'm not going to hold it against you uh but if you do obviously um you're going to be more familiar with the things that i'm using throughout this course so it's not just going to be a shooting course or one-on-one -on -one instructions because the reality is especially over a prolonged period of time like this um, people can't just shoot high numbers of arrows continually people have limited time to be in the range so learning to be effective with that rain with that time in the range and learning to be effective with time that you might not have at home or at the range and you're maybe at home so again that's why some of these extra credit activities so to speak are going to be great because on a lot of them you may not have to be at an, at the archery range you may not have to be at your local shop for that it could be something that you just do kind of down in your man cave so to speak so i think overall this is going to be a very good opportunity for people to to learn new things uh, depending on your skill set level if it's something that you already know how to do if nothing else just look at it look at it as a fact that you do have the ability to you know post it use the hashtag school of knock because i'm going to be monitoring through those i'm going to be dedicating time to scanning through that stuff and i'll be able to give you an opinion on what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong um or you know or that you could do better lots of people asking about release types what should they use and first and foremost um silverbacks and noctuits there we have received some but not enough to put them on the website yet they're going to be coming on here in the next you know next week or so we've got to make sure there's enough there otherwise they just sell out in two seconds and then people get upset about it so um, we're trying to to do it we've got a big big bulk order come in but they can only build so many per day so we're trying to let those catch up and then kind of launch a big glob and to answer the question you should really go back and watch the video which release is right for me um, because that should be on the YouTube channel as well. I need to check that while we're talking. I'm pretty sure that's... Um, but uh, the real question is where you're at in your shooting, maybe what hurdles that you have, and where you really intend to go or what, you know, I guess what you plan to use these releases for specifically they each have different characteristics and i've got several several of the podcasts kind of talk about the different characteristics um i know i did one the podcast a few podcasts back i talked about this a little bit i had, had a conversation with john barklow about you know he's a silverback shooter shoots a silverback that's all he shoots talked a little bit about um you know just trying a hinge release and what that could do for him to incorporate some of the things of a hinge release so i told him 
the things that it would help him on and that yeah there's there's certainly different aspects to what you can get out of each of these releases one of the thing one of the challenges for me throughout this um school of knock series is going to be trying to you know and i'm probably going to do it in the middle of the in the middle of the sessions is try to have little sub sessions where I'm speaking specifically about things people need to work on depending on their type of release aid. Um, and I think I think for you that are struggling with target panic and target anticipation, this is definitely the best time to utilize attention activated release and that's what the silverback is there for. If you don't feel like you have an itchy, an itchy trigger finger, an itchy thumb, then certainly a knock to it. If you feel like you don't really struggle with that, and you feel like, you know, your shooting's in control and you like to have control, certainly the knock to it is the one. If you want to, you know, be a little bit, uh, a little bit more static in your shot, have the ability to aim a little bit smooth, smoother, and then um, if you want to be able to just focus maybe a little bit more on the movement of the hand versus pulling through dynamically with the back, then the two smooth is going to be right for you. I'm probably going to start with, I'm probably going to start with a silver back and then I'm going to transition into a two smooth very quickly. I'll I'll go back and forth between the two. Um, I may not do a lot of work with the knock to it this summer or this winter just because I shot it a lot through the hunting season and I like the aspects of the other releases. Um, learning the pull and the commitment of the silverback but learning the patience of the two smooth are two of the things that I feel like personally are lacking in my shot right now so those are the things that i want to hone i want to sharpen them i want to bring those back uh, to where i'd like them to be so i really really feel like each of these releases do complement complement each other but i also feel like if you're just going to get one to start um it's a tough choice. I think a silverback is a silverback or knock to it are going to be the two choices. It's really a coin toss. Like I said, if you are struggling with, you know, getting your pin on the target or close to the target before you want to hit that trigger, the best thing you can do is utilize this training time right now to do a complete reset and get with attention activated release like the silverback. Uh, looking at the, if you go to the YouTube channel, Knockin' Archery YouTube channel, um, there's a video called What Knock-On Release is Right for Me. That's the title, What Knock-On Release is Right for Me. And it'll talk you through all of those. And then another one that you should look at too, which may end up coming up as a recommendation, is Mastering the Release Aid. Um dash john dudley and you'll see a series that i talk about handheld releases and 
caliper style releases so if you do shoot a wrist strap it'll show you how to actually shoot that um, or how to shoot it according to what I personally like to see um, another question that I had was distance how far um, am I going to be shooting so ideally this is a, a winter league it's going to go from winter into summer unless you're on the opposite side of the world as us um, you know Australians are are probably you know starting to to get into the the opposite side obviously um, or if you're in South Africa so I'm going to be doing most of my shooting indoors. If I go outside, I'll have frostbite pretty dang quick. So my shooting, for the most part, here is going to be limited to my personal range, which is 20 yards. However, there may be days where I can't drive to my personal range, so I might um, just shoot here at the house. And I'm definitely not afraid to get in my reps at a closer distance here at the house. Um just to to go through the numbers because this very first week week one homework is the power of four so this is all about four arrows per end um, so every time you shoot all four arrows that's what is considered an end um, if you're shooting target archery if you're shooting a three spot target if you shot your three arrows that would be an end Sometimes you have to shoot five. If it's a five spot, that'd be an end. Sometimes you might have to shoot six if you're shooting a FIDA event. Um, however, for right now, I'm going to focus on indoor targets. The first target that I'll personally focus on is going to be a Vegas face. I'm not telling people what face you need to shoot. I may even start out um, not even having a face just for the benefit of people at home. I may start out with something simple even uh you know four dots on on paper plates you can you can kind of do a lot with a little you don't that's what's going to be good about this is we're going to ramp up and move towards getting better and better at each week but right now the last thing i want people to focus on is their score simply because i feel like I want you to just focus on getting these numbers and building up the stamina because we'll work towards that later. Now, if you want to shoot a, a scoring round or two to kind of know where your where your starting point was and see to be able to have a comparison on how you improved over the course of this uh, winter's sessions, then, yeah, that's cool. But I'm just telling you that, I'm not a big score person. I'm I utilize this time for technique. I utilize this time for finesse. I utilize this time for ingrainment. And if you're doing that, what I will say is the scores will come. If you focus on the scores, then most likely something else is going to have to pay the price for that at least at this point. So, I'm a huge believer in the process and I feel like if you focus on the process if you refine the process if you perfect the process over the course of let's just say these next 12 weeks or so then you're the thing that's going to automatically happen is your shooting is going to get better 
Now, part of what's going to make this challenging is I know a lot of you out there are going to be struggling with target panic, so I will have to focus on that. Target panic isn't something that just changes because of your release. There's not a perfect placebo for that because target panic essentially is an anxiety. It's an uneasement of the mind. So it's a reprogramming or a reboot that we're going to need to make with your mind so that you're accepting certain aspects of the process and focusing on certain aspects of the technique to give you what you want from a shot execution point. And once you learn that the best way to have control is to give up your control, you're going to start seeing the natural progression that happens. And as that does happen, you're going to start to build trust and you're going to start to build security in what you're using. You know, the Silverback's been out now for several years and just looking in some of the comments on these posts, you know, there's people saying Silverback for life, you know, nothing but a Silverback, 100% Silverback. These are people that at one time struggled and realize that that release is what's giving them the best shooting they've ever had. Now there's other people that think the same thing of a too smooth. And there's certain people that think the same thing is enough to it. Um, I'm actually going to be doing, I've got some new tags coming up here pretty soon. So as I'm practicing getting my reps in, I'm also, um, going to be doing some hunting so i'm actually going to be using i think the too smooth for my last whitetail hunts here so that should be a pretty good statement for people out there that say well yeah i see you only hunt with a knock to it i can hunt with whatever i want sometimes the reason I hunt with a knock to it more than anything is because when it gets cold, I don't like to have to have my release unattached to my string. And when it's cold and it's in my pocket all the time, it gets my hand cold too. So the knock to it, I can clip on the string. It's hanging there. It's ready to rock. Um, that's why I really like that release. It's one of the features that it took me probably 10 years to get Jerry Carter to do the self-closing release on this style. For the longest time, it was only available on a chocolate addiction. And I kept saying, you know, we need to incorporate this differently. Here's where I'd really love to see it myself. And then eventually I just had to buy what I wanted before they would make it. And that's where we're at now. So... Don't focus too hard on the release to start. That's going to be a topic that we certainly have to uh, get into and evolve into. Obviously, depending on your skill level, you might look at this right now, and if you're someone who's shooting on a team and you're shooting three, 400 arrows a day, you might look at this and say, well, okay, four arrows an end, whoop-de-doo, that's nothing. So keep in mind, I've got to really do my best to have this plan to where it's going to include everybody and work towards everybody so bottom line is if you're an archer that's already practicing for your indoor tournaments and you know say you're 
you're shooting already a lot of arrows, uh, then all I would say is look at what level you're at and add one. What I'm trying to do with the one extra arrow is I'm wanting to build our stamina up to where shooting the three scoring arrows is easy or shooting your scoring arrows is easy but I also want to start to factor in the extra stamina so that if you start to recognize what a good shot is from a bad shot or a marginal shot or a, what I call a gambling shot, when you learn how that gambling shot feels, I hope that some people start to let down and reset and start over. That's going to be one of the things that is going to be progressive in a week to follow is your ability to recognize good shots from bad shots and keeping score on that um, more than the other. So I'll have to identify what that is so that you know what that is. And as we do that, I'm expecting people to start canceling shots further down this training session. And this four arrow week is a stamina builder that we're going to continue on. And the reason we're going to continue on with it is because I want you to be able to draw back on that last arrow and if the shot's not good I want you to be able to cancel it and I want you to be able to draw back again and essentially shoot what would be that fourth arrow in your quiver only you're technically only shooting your third arrow for score if you look at a lot of people's targets the last arrow is commonly the loosest target on the face just because they start to get a little bit more movement the more they wear themselves out. And this is especially true in people that don't understand the principle to practicing more than what you utilize in the scoring end. This is something that a lot of people struggle with when they go to, say, a full FIDA and you're out there shooting uh, 72 arrows and you know, you're, all you ever do in practice is shooting six arrows at a time for the amount of ends, and then you're good. But then you go to a tournament, and you have 30 minutes of practice. So maybe you have an extra three or four ends, and then all of a sudden you have some windy conditions where maybe you're letting down once or twice every few ends, and then you add those in there. And next thing you know, instead of being out there shooting 72 scoring arrows, now you're drawing your bow back well over a hundred times and you're not prepared for it and then you start to get loose and derail and fall apart in those last few ends which commonly are the most important it's when the scores start to really get tight and for some people the wheels come off for some people they're just trying to maintain enough lead to get into their finals um and you don't want to be the person that just doesn't have the gas in the tank. So that's what this principle is going to encourage. And that's the reason why we're starting with the power of four. Ideally, I want to do rounds where we're scoring three to start. Then we'll move to five. 
but as of right now it's going to be three and we're going to be working on stamina by doing four um let's see here looking at the next question next question was um do i have and this came from sam I think it's Demarius saying, do you have any tips for shooting a silverback with bulky winter gear on uh, face masks, neck warmers, jackets, high neckline? So, yeah, with any handheld release, that'll start to become a little bit of a challenge. So, obviously, you have to kind of recognize what it is that you're that you're you're using. You know, if you're gonna stuff a big bell clava on, then yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get a little bit more difficult. But this is one of the reasons as well why I teach the anchor position where I do on archers. Archers that want to put their middle finger under the jawline, or even some people, you know, they'll dig the their knuckles at the back edge of the jaw. What happens is when you do that your anchor your anchoring hand comes lower but that also moves your arrow shaft lower on the face so the lower you come the more you're getting that arrow shaft closer to the bottom edge of the jaw and essentially closer to collars neck gaiters etc learning to draw back level with the side of the face and until the bow stops and then learn to bring the release over to the face softly that's one of the most important things that you can learn because you learn to bring that string softly to the side of the face and then you'll learn that all you need to do is turn your nose slightly towards the string and you can still look through that peep sight with much less facial pressure. So I'm a big stickler on facial pressure, not only for the reason that it affects arrows, arrow flight, if there's a variance, but let's just say there's someone whose facial pressure is very consistent and they have quite a bit of facial pressure all the time. It may be fine in a very fixed scenario, but as soon as you start to shoot inclines or declines, naturally the amount of pressure on the back of that arrow versus shooting level is going to start to change, and that's going to bring inconsistency in your lefts and rights. And then also with hunters, once they start to need to hunt in situations where they have these clothes, that added facial pressure is going to start to amplify opportunities for poor arrow flight really fast. For this, I'm actually going to use um, Rogan, Joe Rogan, as an example because Joe and I were hunting together last month and we were both months into hunting season. So I hadn't really got to shoot with Joe and, and just kind of polish up technique. And one of the things that he was doing was he was just really getting comfortable kind of putting that string a lot t harder onto the face and kind of starting to almost bend the lip with the string. So I told him, hey, dude, you know, light on the pressure. And it was one of the things I told him even on his elk. I'm like, okay, here's one of the things that I want you to do. 
light on the pressure. Well, it's a couple finger on the safety, light on the pressure, follow through, don't watch the arrow. That was literally the three things I gave him to, to do. So during some practice at camp, he did uh, work on just drawing that release hand back and coming light over to his face. And I'd say, yep, yep, that's plenty. Now just turn your nose to the string. Then he's looking through. All's good. And we ended up having to adjust his... Well, I think he was hitting... If I think back, he was hitting kind of off the target. And before we moved to sight, I said, hey, I think you're just adding more facial pressure than what we normally have. So here, let's make a quick correction. He made that correction. And then we're right back on track hit and center and obviously from the shot that he made on his bull it was clear that he followed those three little steps as he pulled through that shot if you're wearing a bunch of gear try to that's one of the things i really like about sicka stuff is their little face mask that they have is pretty minimal um the clearance on all their stuff is really good you got to remember John Barklow shoots a silverback, so a lot of their cutouts are going to be cutouts that factor in people that are shooting a handheld release, and I think that'll continue to get better as well, um, as long as I'm able to be there for some input too. But personally, I'll wear a neck gaiter that I can push down, and I always take my right collar and tuck it in just a little bit. Uh, just so I don't have to worry about that. And then I also obviously pay attention to clearance on my left collar. Um, so keep that in mind. Gloves, obviously, on my right hand, I shoot a, a mid-weight to lightweight glove all the time. And I'll keep it in my pocket with a hand warmer. I'm normally holding a hand warmer with my right hand. Uh, the left hand, I can have a little bit thicker glove, but my right hand, I don't. Certainly can't use gloves that have like a flip back type style, like a mitten where it flips back. Because if you try to anchor with a glove flipped back with a handheld release, what's going to happen is you're going to end up bringing, you're going to end up bending that front arm and getting that release hand way behind the head so that you can feel comfortable. And you don't want to do that. We're going to work on, and believe me, this will be something that we do work on coming up through this series is just learning that draw cycle the efficiency of the draw cycle and drawing back till the bow stops and coming over to the face so um, this is one thing that I see a lot of people that post photos or videos occasionally I go through and scan and give little comments to people this is one of the ones that I see commonly people worrying about draw length they're worried about a whole bunch of things, and what happens is their their time behind the bow intention is very high because they draw back and they bring their head back to the string, and then they bring their hand up to the face, and they kind of dig in and settle in, and then they kind of get their shoulders proper, and then they square up to the target and get their sight down, and then I can tell they're studying their sight, and then all of a sudden, now they're finally either letting off the safety or on the tr getting on the trigger. That's just lack of efficiency, and it's one of the things that I am going to focus on is draw efficiency, rhythm, sequence, timing, just 
getting a super efficient draw, aim, pull through, shot execution. That's what I'm going to strive for by the end of this series. And all these things that I'm working on are going to have reason why I'm working on them. So, and as we go, I'll try to expand on each one a little bit. Obviously, now you understand more why I'm adding just one arrow to the mix. It doesn't seem like a lot, but to start, it is a lot. It's, uh, to give you an example, I'm, you know, back in the gym right now, too, trying to work on my overall strength as well, and, you know, I literally went in, literally, I say, I know I say it too much, but now I'm going to say it more because I think about it more. I started out just doing push-ups for chest you know i'm not gonna go in and just jump right under a bench or start slinging kettlebells around i just went in and really worked on some super easy basics of just working on very strict form push-ups you know 20 to 25 at a time then I'd go over do some very controlled pull-ups, just really working through the motions. Same same is true with just dual kettlebells, doing squats, just focusing on being able to have the flexibility again in my hip flexors, bending all the way through, just doing a little bit of lunge work with a weighted vest. Um, just very, very basic things for several weeks. And then I worked into cable work where I'm just starting to move cable, starting to do a little bit higher reps, maybe adding, you know, dropping, you know, one pin rack. Every time I go in, I just drop one more pin rack. But I progressively utilize about four weeks to try to get back to where I feel like maybe not even where I left off, but close enough to where I can start pushing the envelope. I don't jump right in head first and that's what we're doing with this archery if you're ahead of that then i get it uh if you can just look through be patient that's all i ask if it's further behind of what your skill set is then uh then i apologize but i'm definitely going to be working with people that are coming into this and people who are at a plateau that's kind of my focus right now uh let's see last question i have here is from j underscore rock underscore six um he's pretty much saying that um i've been shooting a right-handed bow for a long time but i'm left eye dominant i'm unable to shoot with two eyes open is there a way to retrain or strengthen my right eye, or is it necessary to just begin to try to shoot left-handed? Honestly, depending on how dominant that eye is, it might be just an uphill battle. It is an uphill battle for Sharon. Sharon is left eye, di, left eye dominant and very, very prominently left eye dominant. So she just knows, and that's why she doesn't... Um, she doesn't really like when I'm taking pictures head on because her left eye is fully squinted down. She kind of looks like a pirate, but that's what people have to do. Now, um, my friend of mine, Thomas, um, he long time ago had, um, 
an issue with an arrow that broke in half when he shot it. Someone had he actually borrowed someone's bow and the guy just shot a group and slammed his arrows together, never checked his arrows and gave Thomas um a carbon arrow that was broken. And when he shot it it part of the carbon went into his hand. So for years he was shooting with this tremor in his left hand that he really couldn't get rid of so he ended up switching to left hand and I'm pretty sure Thomas was able over time to one to get used to left-handed but two to uh, to kind of retrain his eye a little bit um, to where he doesn't have near the you know the left and right margin as someone who's very left eye prominent or dominant so you can make it work. Um, a blinder is certainly the best if you get some type of little visor that can flip down on your hat to where you're just covering that left eye, except you're still keeping it open. But it, but what you're doing is you're moving that flap just close enough to the string to where it's clearing the string, but your left eye can't see the front sight or through your peep sight. And it works really, really well. I actually feel like I had, well, I had astigmatism and what was happening when I first started shooting lenses in my target bows, I would get a slight double image. Now I knew the right image was the one that I wanted to use, but I would get a slight double image. So for probably two to three years, I shot a blinder on the visor of my hat. So I, I took a I took an old room key from a hotel. I bent the end of it at a 90 degree, just used a table, bent a little flap, and then I used one of those flip over uh, paper clips. And I would clip it onto my hat. I put black uh, Gorilla Tape on it, so it was purely black and I trimmed the card so that was kind of just the perfect size to where it would blind my left eye except I could still keep my left eye open. The reason you want to do that is because you gather more light by having both eyes open so if you start to shoot especially like these indoor rounds sometimes the lighting inside isn't the best so having a little bit extra light into your eye is going to really improve the sight picture and shooting with both eyes open will encourage that and it'll it'll really um, elevate the amount of light that you can see and the clarity in your scope so hopefully that helps you out otherwise if you just continue to struggle and you don't want to do any of that then absolutely you just got to switch to left-handed and go with it make the best out of it so i've seen it work both ways you know i think a lot of people that try left hand they get to where they want to be a lot faster than they think but um yeah i don't know if i don't know if there's any other way around it if there's anyone out there that any eye doctors or whatever that could help this guy a little more than I did. I did give his Instagram handle, so give him a buzz. All right, everybody. It is Monday, December 3rd right now, and I am getting ready to 
head to the range and start day one of my homework as well and I'll keep you guys updated I might do a little bit of filming from in there that I can post later my practice is going to be very sporadic on time just based on how my days are going right now there's a lot of work that I'm having to do for people prepping for the ATA show for people and catalogs that they're doing and all this stuff I do behind the scenes that I don't really talk about but it's a pretty busy time of the year for me and obviously busy for for family too and I still got some hunting to do yet as well good luck with all this I'm excited about it hopefully you guys are too and I, like I said in my post um, Instagram is going to be where I do most of my live feed type stuff so if you don't have an Instagram account, I would recommend you get one. And when you get one and you are following someone, um, then what you want to do is you want to actually turn on their notification um, so that you can see firsthand what they're doing. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy to do. I'm trying to figure out how to do it on this. So um, once you're following someone, if you're on Instagram, you type a little hourglass looking thing at the bottom and it'll bring up your search. And then at the top, you type in knock on TV, N-O-C-K-O-N-T-V. And then once you pull that person up, you'll click the big blue button that says follow. And then once you're following them in the top right, side of their main page there's three dots you'll click on those three dots and towards the bottom it'll say turn on post notifications or turn on story notifications and if you do that for my page then if I start to go live on the story or if I make a post letting people know I'm heading to practice then you'll get that notification you'll be able to go for it so Good luck, everybody. I'm looking forward to this, and I appreciate the heck out of all of you. So make sure you get out there, get your wives' presents bought. Men, don't wait another three weeks like most everyone will. So get out there and do it. See you, everybody. Knock on. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. knockonarchery.com.